This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Today we have always a fun episode to do every year, the Ascending Players for 2021. Uh, joining me today to talk about that is Connor Kellerstrauss. Connor, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on, Ken. Always a pleasure, Connor. You can find at Connor, at, sorry, at C. Kellerstrauss on Twitter. Uh, do you want to spell that for people? Uh, sure. Capital C and then Kellerstrauss, uh, K-E-L-L-E-R. S-T-R-A-S-S. All right. Terrific. A good follow. Uh, fairly active on Twitter. We'll respond to you quickly. You want to have a good Ravens family of people who uh, who want to talk football or, and are sharp. And I think you're going to gather from this episode. Connor fits that exactly. Great list of ascending players from you. And I always ask people to provide something. And then I try and add something to, to be, you know, kind of a little bit contrarian or different. Honestly, I think your list is spot on, Keller. So let's just go through it. Uh, Connor, sorry. So let's just go through it and uh, talk to the players in order. I think you've got a great order to it. I'll add two at the end that I think are uh, pretty good. Uh, perfect. So my number five player for 2021 is Tyree Phillips. And Ken, I'm actually curious of your perspective on this, but my perspective of the signings that the Ravens have made recently is uh, ideally they want Alejandro Villanueva to play right tackle. I don't know how easy of a switch that'll be for him. Um, but more reasonably, I see him as the swing tackle. If something were to happen with Ronnie Stanley or he just wasn't ready for the start of the season, 
Uh, and I think Tyree Phillips is that guy who would slot in at right tackle. Um, I know that there has been talk of him competing for the left guard position, and it seems like there's a lot of names competing for that spot. Um, and maybe he's just, you know, he's that versatile. He played a little bit of guard and tackle for us last year, too. I think he probably played a little bit better at guard, although there wasn't a lot to choose from, frankly, in his in his play at either position. Uh, but I agree with you in your analysis of Villanueva. I think the Ravens got him more to be sure that they had a backup left tackle who could play in the case that in the in the either case that Ronnie Stanley can't start the season or that he gets hurt. Um, I do still believe Phillips fits into their long term plans at right tackle, but the signing of Jawan James has further changed that, that that are they're almost committing to playing him in 2022 and starting him at right tackle so that actually throws phillips a little bit more into limbo here we'll see phillips could become the swing tackle as he moves on he's got that excellent left tackle length at 35 inches he just doesn't have left tackle feet so, but he may be a guy that you know you he's as good as you can get for your third tackle on your team down the line for the ravens so the ravens have still him for three more years yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of Jawan James, I'm curious. I, I would imagine that they're going to end up having to choose one between James and Villanueva next year. And if my understanding of the cap that I saw, um, whichever one they choose, the, it kind of offsets each other um, based on how much money they would save from one guy and then uh, have to spend on the other one. Or at least it's not a, a crippling amount of dead money if we were to cut one of them. <laughs> Right. Villanueva is more expensive, um, but, but there's there's some dead money in his contract, too, so you might be right about the, about the two. Juwan James is actually pretty cheap for next year. Uh, it's, it's a heady signing from, from that perspective. So uh, he could be the guy they end up keeping. I, I really I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. I think they're going to get a good sense of where his health is. They're going to get a good sense of where Villanueva's play is, hopefully in, in twenty. 21 and they'll uh, they'll make the appropriate move but but it does kind of make me a little bit concerned about where Tyree fits in on this team and and uh, you know maybe he's a career backup at this point yep absolutely all right who's your number four guy uh, my number four guy is Devin Duvernay um, I, I think we got to see a lot of a lot of good flashes from him last year and you know they tried to get him involved in some jet sweeps and then he was our punt returner and kick returner um, one of the things that I, at least I read on Ravens Twitter is that he's projected to be the Ravens slot guy to take over that Willie Sneed role. Um, and while I definitely agree with that, I think one thing that I like about our receiver group is it seems like between Sammy, Hollywood, uh, Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, they can, they're very versatile receivers and can all play inside and outside. Um, so I don't think you'll see Devin exclusively in the slot. Maybe that's where he'll take uh, the majority of his snaps. Um, but I see him in for a larger role. Yeah, I, I honestly, this is a player who I'm not convinced is going to take a huge step forward. So, so you know, certainly he should take some step forward in terms of targets. But then look at all the additional receivers this team has. It's going to be difficult to get snaps. And I think they'll use him as a gadget guy, and he's very, very effective at that. He, he brings speed to the table. He threatens parts of the field in exactly the way the Ravens like to run their offense. So I think he's, he's extremely good for that. I, just as a standard receiver, he, it seems like he's low 
less valuable in that role than he is as here's my specialized package to bring him in and make use of his skill set and at least threaten the, the field in two or three different positions on a given play. So I, 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 am, I question whether or not Duvernay is going to take a huge step forward. I know everybody wants it. I want it to. I just, I just don't see the obvious availability of snaps. Yeah, and I, I do, and hopefully Ravens flock are all on board with our receiving crew. Um, I gave it a 1% chance that we would have traded for Julio Jones. Um, but I I think that wide receiver is arguably one of our deeper positions now um, with the, our draft class and then signing Sammy Watkins. So it, it'll be an exciting season. Yeah, completely agree. Really looking forward to it from that perspective. I'll give you a different guy right now who I would put at number four instead of Duvernay, and that's Malik Harrison. Uh, the opportunity is there at inside linebacker. Now, Patrick Queen hopefully has a big season, but we've, we've had this discussion a little bit on other shows, is that Patrick Queen really fits the mold of a weak side linebacker more than a Mike because, uh, you know, he's just he's not the physical presence, presence that Harrison is. Uh, Harrison also probably does some better things uh, in coverage, the middle of the field at this point in terms of understanding zone and off the line responsibilities uh, for Queen. We hear all this about him growing. Um, I, I, I need to see it. And, and he, he's clearly one of the most important players going into this next year. But Harrison would be my guy at number four. And one of the things about Harrison that was a strength last year was his tackling. Um, he seemed to be a pretty sure tackler and uh, yeah, you know, assuming he can figure out what's going on behind him, as with most, you know, middle linebackers. Um, yeah, I see him being uh, a huge part of the defense. Um, well, you you brought up Patrick Queen. Um, he was my number three guy, and uh, what I found interesting was he spoke yesterday uh, after OTAs. And he was completely honest and came out and said, I made so many mistakes last year with what's going on behind me. And he, at least at least from what he's saying, he's saying all the right things, that things are becoming easier. Um, I, I sure hope so, because he needs to take that next step. Uh, I mean, that, to me, that was the missing part of our defense last year, was just middle of the field and him figuring out what's going on behind him. Right. It, it, it takes a special player for it to, to really click as a rookie in terms of that uh, really knowing how to take away level three or the, you know, the area between level two and level three when you're, in, when you're inside linebacker. Uh, Ray Lewis did not do it as a rookie. Ray Lewis uh, you know, played two-thirds of the snaps as a rookie but then became the, the green dot wearer in 97 and, and basically you know, never looked back in terms of taking snaps off. Uh, Mosley was good but not great as rookie year and then he really became great in his second year and if you uh, yeah, I just it doesn't happen for everybody right off the bat I'm so happy to hear that about Queen in terms of the the, the way he's being self-effacing about his rookie year because he needs to be and he needs to figure out what he did I, and I really hope in camp that we see in preseason games that he's taking big strides this offseason in terms of training himself or, or working with positional training um, and he, he mentioned that yeah, no, he actually did not mention that. He mentioned that he came in in much better shape this year. He said it took him till about week five uh, to get there to be back in football shape. Um, I don't know personally with all the. I mean, all of my guys on the list are second year guys, and the fact that they didn't have any type of off season or a much different off season last year than what they would normally get, I think 
hopefully he'll take a, a huge leap. So yeah, Queen, an excellent choice. I, I think he he probably be number one on my list. The variability of what we'll get out of Patrick Queen in 2021 will be the, one of the big stories for the for the Ravens. I mean, uh, they had a terrible missed tackle rate last year. It wasn't all Queen. Queen and Board were both quite bad. Uh, you know, Malik Harrison, you mentioned, you know, stands out in bold relief from those two as a tackler. And the Ravens inside linebacker tackling needs to get better. They need to be a better run defending team. Uh, they need to be better at uh, at just even tackling after receptions. So, you know, uh, it, it has to improve. Yeah. And one thing that I guess one last thing I'll note about Patrick Queen, uh, Joe Ortiz, I believe, came out and said uh, – that, you know, with them drafting Patrick Queen at 28, and they're hoping in his second year that that's similar to drafting uh, a top five or top ten, you know, blue chip prospect such as a Devin White or Devin Bush. I, I didn't watch much of Devin White his rookie year, but I got to see Devin Bush a little bit, obviously. And hopefully, Patrick Queen is just a little bit ahead of where Devin Bush was as a rookie, because even Devin Bush struggled quite a bit, and he was uh, a number ten overall pick. So. Yeah, it's it, it is, it's very hard. Devin White didn't have a great rookie year either, and now he's one of the best players in the league. So, uh, you know, it's it, it'll be great to see that. Yeah. Uh, my number two guy, so it's the jersey that I'm repping. Um, number two guy is J.K. Dobbins. Um, I am thoroughly excited to see uh, him, you know, kind of be the exclusive back. I realize that him and uh, Gus will be splitting carries still. Um, my goal for him i guess is to average somewhere between 15 and 18 carries a game i think that's a realistic number he can hit um and personally i think he'll especially with the 17th game added uh he'll eclipse a thousand rushing yards in his second year yeah if if he gets if he gets 15 carries a game that's that's 255 for the year and he'd have to have a pretty bad year by raven standards not to get a thousand yards i think that's the thing i think he'll come in slightly lower than 15 carries a game would be my guess that they really desire to split that workload um you know he's going to be better and he's going to take a step back in terms of um his yard yak sorry his yards per carry not holding up over a larger number of carries so that would be one thing I'd be afraid of. And, you know, hey, you can only go down from 6.0. I remember when I was a kid, I used to like to, to, to graph batting averages over time. But the problem is you get excited because it's April 30th and the Orioles are hitting 309 as a team or something. And then you, you, all you've got is these downing. <laughs> um, uh, one, one other thing that um, I don't know if it'll happen or not, and just from you know hearing Greg Roman speak a few times, but I think he'll also be more involved in the passing game. And I don't, did you get to see that picture of him leaping over Malik Harrison? Yes, that's impressive. And, and they said he caught three touchdown passes yesterday. Uh, that, that'll be a, a huge area. And honestly, the Buffalo game, the offensive line takes a lot of the burden for what happened. Uh, Dobbins has had his worst game as a professional there, and, and it really hurt the Ravens, uh, you know, a, a, a key drop and, and some other miscues in that game, uh, including the, the play that was run back for the game-winning interception. Yes, absolutely. Uh, missing the block. And mm -hmm. yeah, that was a, a tough game for him. Tough game for him. Um, well, my last one, uh, number one on my list is Justin Matabike. Um, I think just from watching him last year, you got to see how explosive he was. And that's something that this uh, defense has lacked is interior pressure. And I think he's a guy that can bring that. Um, just from me seeing just little clips and things uh, from OTAs, he looks even stronger and faster and more fit already uh, than at any point last year, which is exciting. 
Yeah, great second half last year, and uh, the amount of pressure he was getting uh, was terrific. And and more importantly, he had a lot of one-on-one wins at the line of scrimmage. And the Ravens, uh, you know, defensively, they generate pressure by scheme, so they they generate free runners a lot of the time. Well, Matabike in that second half was generating lots of uh, single three-second wins uh, one-on-one, and that, that's what three techs do. You know, you go up opposite a guard directly, and you have to beat that guard one-on-one. Uh, he, he fits the bill. The Ravens did not draft a defensive lineman this year, so they are even more dependent on him really fulfilling that promise. Love the pick originally, and, and uh, uh, I, I think it's a great guy to be your number one. And I know that, you know, he's primarily a three tech. And just from seeing what's come out about Broderick Washington, I know it's different positions, but if they're going to be that thin on the D line, um, Justin may have to play even more snaps, which is, I think he can handle because, um, you know, you have some aging veterans on the line that may not get to play. Like I realize, I guess, Calais was Calais Campbell last year. Was his first, was that his first year not playing? Like 80% of snaps yeah, so he had, or something yeah, like that? Five straight years where he played between 77% and 80%. That's what, okay. So, yeah, he was an incredible Iron Man. And I think he, he maybe could return. But it, the Ravens system doesn't allow for anybody to play 80% of snaps. He he, uh, uh, he would be rotated in any case and, and uh, be limited to maybe 60% of snaps. I think 65% is a reasonable hope for Campbell this year. Yeah. Yeah. I have one other guy I would put him probably at number two on my list. So because I think Dobbins has already fulfilled a lot of his promise and I wouldn't expect him to take some huge jump. I mean, if he you know projects his play over, over a few more carries, he's going to be a great player, certainly. But uh, I think that uh, Deshaun Elliott is a guy that we have not yet fully seen what he can do on the back end. Unfortunately, coming into year four is a guy where the Ravens will lose him to free agency. But I really like him. I love him, and he seemed like uh, he was around the ball a lot last year and just couldn't find a way to, whether it was, you know, secure an interception or whatever it was, he was just around the ball a lot. Um, And one thing that I noticed about him and Chuck Clark being back there together, it seemed like there wasn't hardly any miscommunications. There weren't many blown coverages. If it was, it was... Yeah, Marcus Peters taking a gamble, and you know the Chiefs game comes to mind. I try to erase that from my mind, but um, Ken, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I, I live in Kansas City, Missouri, and it is tough being a Ravens fan here. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I love Deshaun Elliott, and I, I hope at least of the contract year guys that come back. I don't know if it's feasible to extend Lamar, Andrews, uh, and Elliott um, as well. I, I'm curious to see how Bozeman does at center as well. I would love for him to come back, but I think um, he's more replaceable than, the, than those three guys. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, but the, they had three opportunities to extend these mid-range players in the offseason, and, and the other guy besides Bozeman Elliott uh, is Anthony Averett. And, and it's an old secondary, despite the fact that that's where a lot of the money is spent, a lot of the talent is. Um, it's an older group of players that they really need to make sure they keep a little bit of young talent. And if they could have gotten Averett on a reasonable deal, I would have loved it. Yeah. Um, anyway uh great stuff um do you have a do you have a long shot pick i've got one guy that i think you know maybe if i had a long shot pick dark horse this would be the guy do you have anybody like that uh, a long shot that was on the team last year doesn't have to be uh, on the team last year but but he but he can't be a rookie this year can't be a rookie this year. showing my hand <laughs> okay um i mean i guess my option then would mm. 
I don't know. I, I just don't see why Sammy Watkins wouldn't thrive in our offense. Um, he's great over the middle of the field. Um, he showed that with Kansas City, and it's just what Lamar needs. And I, what, what I'm excited for, too, is with Rashad Bateman being a rookie, you can rotate. It, let's say they were both exclusively X receivers, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Um, you could rotate snaps. You could keep Sammy healthy. Um, to where you know he's not being overplayed, and could, you could get 14, 15 games out of him. Um, obviously, I think that's the ceiling this year would be something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, Sammy would probably be my pick. Okay, that, that's that's a good one. Certainly, wouldn't argue with it. I've actually come up with a second guy in the yeah. in a little time we do this. Matabike, you know, being the only young player on that line is a real problem for the Ravens. And another guy I think that might not make the team out of camp, but might be on the practice squad again and then called on in case of injury is Aaron Crawford. Now they brought him up in the Steelers game. He played 18 snaps, looked pretty good in that game to me. Um, he's the kind of guy you want to have around when you really want to dress a fifth defensive lineman on game day. You want to have that backup nose tackle defensive tackle i think he'd be a he'd be a good choice for the ravens now they did have another guy who already got hurt xavier sorry i'm getting kelly yeah, xavier kelly yeah. yeah uh uh who already got hurt this year they did bring in a second lineman but just the the, the lack of ability to get a lineman drafted and they had some options late in this draft uh kind of bothered me yeah and i know you've spoken on it um the, the ben mason the ben mason pick still shocked me i think you could have gotten him much later um or just got him as an undrafted free agent himself so probably yeah yeah I got one other player, and that's uh, the running back Tyson Williams. I think he could. You know, the Ravens traditionally have been a three-back team. I don't see any reason why they would not be again this year. Uh, there's no obvious player from another position who would do it, and, and maybe Justice Hill is still the guy. But Justice Hill is entering year three, and his roster spot is in jeopardy. He needs to provide both special teams value and then obvious value as a running back. And if they if they went to Tyson Williams instead, he is a guy. Uh, particularly if somebody got hurt, who I could see taking the Gus Edwards route of picking up some carries, being good, picking up more carries, and all of a sudden, you know, you got a guy who has 85 carries or something for the season, and you really like him. Absolutely. And speaking of Justice Hill, just when he uh, was week 17, um, when we played the Steelers back when Lamar sat and we rested some starters, I thought he looked phenomenal, and then last year he didn't really get much of an opportunity, but then you saw him as a gunner, and I thought he did well, and yep. he just needs to put it all together. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, whoever that third running back is, you're right. Um, hopefully they'll get some opportunities. So, All right. Always a pleasure, Connor. A very level-headed guy, great reasoning for your selections here, and, and no adjustments to your list are really necessary, just a, just a, a great list. Tell folks again where they can find you. Uh, at C Keller Strauss on Twitter. Um, I participate in Twitter discussions and that's about it for right now. But uh, yeah, hit me up if you guys ever want to talk Ravens football. All right. For you folks out there, if you want to discuss a, a, a topic, you have the kind of passion Connor does for the game. Don't have to have tons of knowledge. Uh, Connor clearly does understand uh, a, a tremendous amount about football, follows it very closely. But even if you're just passionate about it, I want to talk to you. Give me a call this summer, particularly before before training camp, or hit me up on Twitter at Film Study Ravens, and uh, we'll get you on pretty quickly. Connor, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs> This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.